Welcome to the Knowing God Podcast. The hope of this podcast is that it would help you to know the Word of God so that you may ultimately know God. I'm your host, Andrew Rutten. Okay, today we are starting with Colossians 1 verse 24, and it's honestly one of the most disputed texts in all of Colossians. So let me read it for us, and then we'll try to make sense of it. So Colossians 1 verse 24, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. Okay, so if you're not looking at a Bible right now, let me read that one more time and just listen to the words and just see the questions that start to come to mind. Now, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. So as you hear that, I'm assuming you might be catching on to a number of the confusing elements. Rejoicing in suffering, filling up what is lacking in Christ, doing all of this for the sake of the church. Maybe you can start to see why this is a disputed verse, but although it can seem confusing right away, I think it does have a clear, helpful, applicable point for us today. So let me give you what I think Paul's saying, and then I'll try to explain it. But just so you know, from the top, here's what I think he's saying. Paul is suffering joyfully like Christ so that he can properly present Christ. Okay, so let me say that again. Paul is suffering joyfully like Christ so that he can properly present Christ. Now, let me show you how I'm getting that in the verse. First, he says that he rejoices in his sufferings. And just think for a moment, how is that possible? Think for a moment in your life where there has been genuine amounts of suffering, physical suffering, attacks from another person, hardships in life. Like think of a moment in great suffering or despair. And I want you to think, how often did you begin that season of suffering as you knew some suffering was coming by first stopping to rejoice and praise God? Paul says he rejoices that he is suffering. So how can we rejoice in our suffering like Paul? Well, the New Testament consistently teaches that we can have joy in trials because we are confident God is doing something good in those trials. There's a confidence of God working that allows a joy to build in us. Romans 5 says that he is working virtues in us through our times of suffering. 1 Peter 4 says when we suffer, we often experience greater joy and a union with Christ. We experience Christ and his sufferings in greater ways when we suffer. James 1 says that trials often provide maturity and wholeness in our life. The New Testament is quite clear. Rejoice in your sufferings because God is always at work in those moments to produce something in you that you would not have if you did not suffer. And I think maybe we need to pause there for a second. If you need to pause the podcast or just sit and dwell on that or rewind for a moment to hear that again, I think this is one of the keys to learning how to suffer well. So in fact, let me just say this one more time. 
we can rejoice in our sufferings because God is always at work in those moments to produce something in you that you would not have if you did not suffer. I'm not saying suffering is fun and happy, but knowing that God is at work in you through those moments to do something unique or to give you something you wouldn't have otherwise makes Paul say, I rejoice in my sufferings. But as we read through the verse, I want you to notice that Paul seems to also have another motive. So it's not just this great confidence that he has that I think is true, but in the verse, he says he does it for the church so that he may fill up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, the church. So I think the natural question for us to ask is, does Paul mean that there was something lacking in the death of Christ? Like, was the cross not enough? Was there more suffering to be done? Well, I don't think so. Namely, in fact, the main reason of Colossians is to help people see that it is only in Christ that salvation comes. So the whole message of Colossians is to see the greatness of Christ and his sacrifice for us. So I don't think this one verse can mean the opposite, apart from all the rest of the New Testament that says Christ's death was sufficient. So if it's not that, then what does it mean? One guy that helped me to grasp this a little bit was John Piper. He argues that although the message of the gospel is about the all-sufficient suffering and death of Christ, what's missing today is the tangible display of that suffering and death. We don't see that display bodily. It's not fully presented tangibly. So we hear of the sufferings of Christ, but we don't see the sufferings of Christ. Therefore, Paul's ministry is tangibly portraying the suffering of Christ that cannot be seen here. A physical portrayal of the suffering for the sake of Christ's church. Okay, so is that making sense? He's arguing that A lifestyle of sacrifice and suffering for the gospel is needed so that people can be won over, encouraged, and built up in the hope and satisfaction of the gospel. Christ suffered all that he did for the sake of his church coming back to God. We, as his ministers or servants or followers, suffer like Christ joyfully for the good of God's people, for the good of his people being raised up. This is definitely true in Paul's case. His whole ministry is marked by a life of suffering and eventual death because he was united to Christ. Our lives should be marked by suffering and death in joy because of our union with Christ and because we so deeply desire others to know Christ as well which I think maybe begs a final question for us. Is Christ sufficient enough for you that you are willing to suffer to present his beauty to others? Are you willing to suffer like Christ for the sake of the gospel so that you can present him and his beauty to others? I know if you've seen believers who suffer through hard times, just time after time after time, and still remain faithful and joyful and living in the gospel and preaching the gospel, that seeing it does something unique in your heart. You know, my wife and I, we know some people that I often think of when this idea comes up, 
you know, people that have suffered so much, but just have a deep sense of joy and faith. And in seeing that, their union with Christ's suffering and how they live, it stirs my heart up to follow Christ more, which I think for Paul seems to be the exact goal. He says, absolutely I'll suffer. Absolutely. Like it is my joy to suffer with Christ if it means I can experience Christ deeper in that and others can see Christ in greater ways through that. If that happens, if that's the goal, Paul says, I'm happy. I'm good. Like that is what I want in life. And so I just want us to ask ourselves, would that make us happy? Like, would we rejoice in suffering if it helped us to experience Christ deeper and it would show Christ in greater ways to others? So if you want a bit of a scary challenge, if you're ready to ask this, I would encourage you today to pray for God to help you experience Christ deeper and present Christ greater. It's a simple prayer, but I say you have to honestly be ready for it because oftentimes how God answers that prayer is not in the most fun or simple ways. But if you pray it, and if God answers it, it will be for your joy. You will experience a joy in the depths of your soul by communing with Christ in greater ways in his suffering. It will give you great joy to see others in the church or others come to faith in Jesus and grow in their connection with God. And it is this that I think followers of Jesus are called to. So friends, may we pray, God, help us experience Christ deeper and present Christ greater. Friends, may God bless you and keep you. May he give you favor, grace, and peace.